Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bricks and Clicks. I'm Colin, and Johnny's here as well. And we're joined today by Drew Marconi. Drew's the founder of IntelliGems. They're a SaaS company that helps you find the right prices for your direct consumer store. Previously, Drew has built dynamic pricing systems with Via Transportation, a ride-sharing company in New York. And before that, he was working at McKinsey on software clients. Really excited to have Drew here today to talk more about dynamic pricing models, especially as it relates to DTC. So Drew, welcome. Thanks for coming on the pod. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm pumped to be here. Nice way to spend a Wednesday afternoon. Hey, Drew, it's great to have you on. We're excited. So tell us a little bit about IntelliGems. What is it? How did it start? I haven't heard of the company before, so I'm sure a lot of people listening haven't either. And so we'd love to hear about companies and their background and what you guys do. Yeah, happy to explain. So basically like IntelliGems, what we do is help D2C companies be better and more data-driven at pricing. We do that by helping them run experiments. So like what would happen if my price was 10% higher and you can split traffic and see the results. If I get rid of free shipping, how much is my conversion rate going to drop? If I offer a $10 off discount versus $5 off discount, how does that impact like conversion, average order value, ROI? And yeah, basically we have a product that makes those tests possible for e-commerce merchants. And the way we got here was my co-founder and I had worked in ride sharing at this company, Via. We built the whole dynamic pricing system from scratch there. And we just like saw how powerful pricing could be. Like the more we dug, the more we built this, the better returns we got. Like running experiments was just a great way to operate because we could say, hey, are people more price elastic, more sensitive to price in the commute or in the weekends? And we could go A-B test that and like see what the results say. Are people, you know, more price sensitive if it's raining or if the traffic is heavy? And we kind of built up this like library of knowledge where... We kind of knew, all right, what levers can we pull? Like, hey, we really need to grow. Where can we go give discounts that are going to generate the highest return? Or like this month, we really need to focus on profitability. Where can we like go raise prices with the least impact? So anyway, like was super powerful. We decided to start a company. We kind of like assumed e-commerce people would be experts at pricing. But the more as we talked to people (laughs) about like, how do you set your price? That was like our first question in all these interviews. Like 85% stuck a finger in the wind and they were like, I know I need to hit this gross margin. And then like I looked at my competitors and they haven't touched it in two years was such a process. So we were like, get easier, we help you do it better. I love that. Yeah, that's, yeah I mean, go ahead, Colin. Yeah, it's to say like, we're probably going to, you're going to hear us nerding out a lot on this dynamic pricing because yeah. we, we do a lot of pricing, but we do a lot more on the brick and mortar side when we can't run as many experiments. And so I've always kind of dreamed of being able to do this type of work and you're living it. So that's super cool. I've worked before with some DTC clients talking about running the experiments, but without having like a a suite or a tool to do it, it's a lot of manual labor and it can be a lot to ask of a pricing team. So this is like, this is music to my ears to hear that this exists and that you're applying these types of models to the CPG space where... I mean, we're often 10 years behind some of the other technologies out there. Yeah. And there's a lot of manual work, which means a lot of steps where like things can go wrong and someone's getting charged the wrong price. So our goal is like make it as easy as possible to get those insights about where your price should be or, you know. Did you find it difficult moving from that previous company that was more about ride sharing coming into a CPG space, which is over a hundred years old and then getting people to actually buy into this? Like were there some challenges there? Definitely. I mean, like that is every day I convince people that this is okay and actually is going to be super valuable for them. It's not how pricing has historically been done. So a lot of my job is education. 
hey, we are not pricing right. Let me tell you about experimentation and dynamic pricing, which is a way that's going to help you do it and get you comfortable and show you the impact. So there's there's definitely a lot of education. There's also a really core difference with CPG versus ride sharing or even flights in that I am selling a single, like this skew is this skew, regardless of if I'm buying it, if you're buying it, someone else being able to test it in a way that is like sensitive to customers is important versus like flights or rides. It's kind of an infinite skew system. Like you and I are going to different blocks, different times of day, the traffic is different. So there's a lot more like opacity in the process, which is helpful for testing. Whereas CPG, like the price might be printed on the label. The price is on the tag in the store. The price is on the homepage of the website. So I think like I've had to move a bit more deliberately just to like reflect the fact that it is a bit a bit different. And so when you're working with these brands, is there any sort of common key learnings or learnings that you see across multiple categories or items where it's like, yeah, this almost always holds as you start analyzing these pricing levers? Anything stand out? So the number one thing has been that there isn't really a playbook. Like every brand gets pretty different results. And I think that's just a reflection of like everyone has different audiences this day and age. You have such huge reach when you're selling online. You're pulling people from everywhere. Strategy may also be at very different places. Like some people are way overpriced. Some people are way underpriced. Some people need to take advantage of bundles. So we've been surprised at how different it is for each brand. That said, two themes that have come across. One, these days, like free shipping, we have, it's almost never worth it from what we've seen. We've had a lot of people test like adding in a free shipping threshold, having everyone pay for shipping. And what we track is, all right, you introduced this threshold. How much did your conversion rate drop? Did your revenue per order go up because now people are adding that extra item? And how do those blend out to total revenue and total profit? And I would say 90% of the tests that we've run like that, it has been better for both revenue and total profit to not have free shipping. Like you may give away a bit of conversion, but I think just customers, especially during COVID, have become kind of used to that. Yeah. I was just saying the free shipping piece, that's so interesting because one of the side projects that we talk about on the pod and that we do here, we have an e-commerce website called thebrandpantry.com. And we were playing around with our free shipping thresholds. And so we went from 50 up to 75. I started looking just anecdotally at the orders as they were coming in and there was no impact. It was like, people are still buying $35 worth of barbecue sauce or $50. Like they were just not going up to that $75, even when we're throwing it out there in their face. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. This is not what I would expect. But it sounds like you see that in live across a lot of companies. So that's so cool. Yeah. And in some companies you do see the order size increase. I think there's a whole kind of merchandising component to that of like, how do I make it really easy for someone to upsell themselves to the free shipping threshold? And like, you're kind of like, oh, I can spend 10 bucks on shipping, which feels wasted. Or I can buy this thing for 20 bucks and feel like I'm getting something in return. Yeah, cool. Okay, sorry I interrupted you. What was number two? Oh, number two, this is kind of a well-duh moment, but we have reliably seen like that there are price clips, like ending things in 99 or pricing it at $99 instead of 100 or 149 instead of 150 or wherever that is, that is a real impactful thing. Like we've run tests where someone was charging $23.99 versus $24 for a pair of boxers and like 10% lower conversion rate at 24 bucks. Like statistical significance in eight hours, which I mean, I guess it's why people have been doing it for hundreds of years, but it's it's really neat. It's a very well-studied 
Yeah, I've read some of the research on this. So that's like been a very well-studied problem. I mean, you started by saying this was a well-done moment. And when I've looked at it, it's like, yeah, it's a huge impact. It's like that yeah. like 10%. I remember seeing something like a 7%. I can't remember what the price was, but it's like, it's a big number for that penny. It's so kind of wild. So we talked about like pricing. I know you mentioned some other things here. So there's like, there's the actual price, right? There's the free shipping. As you're running experiments around pricing, what are the other levers that you have in D2C and what have you seen with those and how impactful they can be? Yeah, the other levers that we see a lot are things around discounts. Let's play around with new customer offer, how much you're paying for someone's email address, subscription discounts, which I would qualify slightly differently. So how big an incentive am I giving you to subscribe and save? And then I would say, I'll lump together kind of like upsell discounts. So that might be build your own bundle, buy two items, get 10% off, buy four, get 20% off, kind of like volume plays. There's a lot of experimentation happening there right now, which is really powerful for brands, especially CPG. The economics is we usually see it for CPG e-com business is like, you're going to have to pay a lot to ship this product. It's probably going to be pretty heavy as a liquid or a solid. What's interesting is, that shipping rate is almost fixed. I can yeah. send you five cans versus two cans, and it's not going to be two and a half times as expensive. It'll be 20% more expensive. So me as the store owner, I want to get you to put as many cans as possible and increase that order size because I can, I can like amortize that shipping cost. So yeah. that has like clicked for people, I think, especially with supply chain issues and inflation. People have realized, oh, I really need to get my margins in place and playing around with those different bundles and volume discounts and like cross sells and upsells. That is a really powerful way to like boost your AOV and ultimately boost profits, even though you're giving away a bit of a discount. And so that's been like yeah. a, a place where we've seen some really good returns yeah. for folks. I really love how I'm learning a lot already in the whatever 13 minutes yeah. we've been on yeah. here so far. I feel like I'm learning a lot. And like some of these things are things that in manufacturing, right? Like you have your overheads and you have your variable costs and you would always want to yep. like maximize throughput. And like, why haven't I thought about this in terms of just shipping product? Yeah. Your case sales. Mind-blowing moments here. That's so That's where case so sales, cool. yeah. love case sales mm -hmm. on the D2C website, right? Because you think, hey, is someone really going to spend $150 for a full case of this product? And it's going to be like six months worth. But yeah, they are. And it's great margin for us, like you said, because of the shipping thing. It was, it was pretty fascinating to build that out. So yeah, love yeah. case sales for D2C websites. And, and I think there's like, for, for CPG D2C, you have a lot of folks who are like omni-channel or they're, they're launching a new D2C channel and they've been something in stores forever. Like there's a layer of also thinking about what am I trying to accomplish with this channel? It may be that you want people to go try your product and find it and buy one at the grocery store or like at the yeah. drugstore. And you can have a QR code that brings them to the site. Like you use your site almost as a way to engage your most loyal audience and like they will be down to buy cases of this from you because you can get them on a subscription you can like get them a better deal you can throw in some exclusives so i think there's also just like sometimes people are like i need to have free shipping in case a new customer comes to my site and wants to try it but if you're omnichannel like go let them direct them to a store and then meet yeah. them back on the site once they know that they want yeah, to buy like 36 cans of this I feel like they want to buy it from the manufacturer, from the brand, right? I mean, to me, that feels like yeah. the most honest thing I could do is go to cliffbar.com and buy it right from them. Like that, that's, that's cool. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's been a big learning. Have you had any fun promotions or your favorite promotion that you've run or, or analyzed over the last little bit? Anything that stands out Ooh. that was exciting to see in the data? 
We help someone run a gift with purchase promotion, like cosmetics brand. So if you spend over a hundred bucks, we're going to include a mini size moisturizer or toner. I forget the exact product. I was kind of skeptical. I was like, I don't know. This doesn't mean anything to me. It absolutely crushed. Like the AOV went up from 60 bucks in the control group to like $90 in the test group, a 50% increase, which was absolutely huge. So giving away that gift ended up being really impactful. That was, that was the biggest swing we saw from a single promotion. Nice. When you're running these different tests, one of the things we always see in our data when we're looking at it lag, like total Safeway Northern California, is when pricing changes at shelf, you see the impact right away. So it's like this week, the product was priced at one, like 99 cents. Next week, the price, the product was priced at $1.50. You're seeing a 50% decline mm-hmm. in baselines immediately. And it always blows people's minds when you say that, because I think a lot of people think, oh, it's got to take time for the consumer to adjust yep. or what have you. But it's for pricing. It's like right away. What do you see online? How quickly do you need time to measure the different changes as you're analyzing all these things? Yeah, I think grocery is a unique use case because you would have to try not to comparison shop if you're in a grocery store. Like you're, you're yeah. looking at the peanut butter section and all the prices are right there for you with the unit pricing. Online, I mean, we we usually see results. We wait till a couple hundred orders until we can call a winner. But that data starts flowing in in the first hour. And often by the time we're getting to 50 orders, like the the winner is revealing itself. It doesn't always happen that way. Yeah. Sometimes they flip-flop. But you either kind of see an impact or, or you don't. I think there, there are probably more cases where we've been surprised we've lowered or increased the price and conversion hasn't really meaningfully changed. And I think that to me varies probably based off how competitive your your product is. Like if you have a brand, you own the story around it, you're offering something distinctive, you've cultivated an audience, you're going to have a lot more pricing power than if your traffic is coming from Google shopping and someone looking for something generic and they're like sure. putting you up on the shelf for someone else. Yeah, the pricing sort of sales controllable in our language is so important. And really knowing for your brand, do you have pricing power or not? Mm-hmm. I think that's something that we provide our clients with. And it sounds like you get to do that as well on a sort of ad hoc, instantaneous opportunity to do that, which is great. So we wanted to play a little fun game with you. If your listeners out there have heard some of our past episodes, Colin and I have gone into our pantry with Lucas and pulled out some random items and tried to guess the price. And since we're talking about price today, we figured, Drew, if you have a couple products near you, maybe you can pull one out, describe it to Colin and myself, and the two of us will try and guess what we believe the price is, and we'll see who gets it closer. How's that sound? Let's go for it. This is, this is my favorite, favorite section of the show. Nice. All right. What you got? So this is Nudie Foods. It is tonkatsu ramen. It's vegan. So it's it's a vegan broth with spirulina noodles. So high in protein, high in vitamins, pretty low net carbs. Very nice packaging. Inside this is the noodles, the sauce, and then a veggie cube. So single serve, that's like one serving? This is one serving, one box. Vegan? Vegan. Organic? I don't know if Doesn't it's say. organic. It is nothing fried and 10 grams of protein. And we'll go based on their, do they have a DTC website? They do have a D2C website. You can buy it in a couple stores, but it's largely D2C right now. Okay, so we're going to get there. Is D2C it the same website. company that does the like, they have the types of noodles that are almost sold in a liquid, They're like a plastic roll with liquid inside and the noodles? I can't remember what they're made out of. No, I don't think so. She, okay, the founder cool. of this started it like a year and a half ago during COVID. So this is oh, her okay. first product. All right, I got my price for their D2C website for one serving, one unit. Okay. I got mine. Well, are we Canadian dollars or U.S. dollars? We're U.S. You're going to have to do U.S. for me. My mental conversion is not great. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. I got it. You go first, Colin. I'm going to say 
$5.99. I'm going to go $4.99. I was going to wow, go $4.99, you... but I've been burned so low too many times. So this how bad are we? was nailed. The three-pack, if you get the three-pack, $5.99 a meal. Good job, exactly. Colin. So they have volume-based pricing. If you go up to a 24-pack, you can bring that down to five sixty a meal. But nailed it. Colin nailed it. Nice. He's the vegan Tell in the crew. Tell he's done so. it before. Yeah. All yeah. right. You guys want to do one more? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. I just got this from my WeWork. It is Co Kombucha Drink, K-O-E. So it comes in flavors like watermelon. I have a strawberry lemonade on my desk. It is sparkling water plus kombucha. So you get the probiotics and the caffeine of kombucha, but lower sugar. It's 25 calories with nine carbs, five grams of sugar, and quote unquote, billions of probiotics. Billions. Billions. So is that a 16 or? This is a 12 ounce can, a skinny 12 ounce. It is USDA organic. And they have a D2C site, but I think they, or no, they, their D2C site sends you to Amazon and they also have, it seems like an increasingly large retail presence. Someone got to get someone on them to set up their D2C site. Yeah. And then get some dynamic pricing going on it. Yeah, exactly. Flavor, flavor based some, pricing. Uh, yeah. Okay. I have, I got mine. Johnny. All right. I'm going to go with 279 per 12 ounce. I'm going 399. Okay. You guys it. were both were both over. Surprisingly affordable. You can get what I'm seeing is a, a 12 pack on Amazon for 29.99. So that comes out to basically 249 a can. 249. Which is pretty good. I mean in New York here you go into a bodega and you get a kombucha, you're easily paying 5 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's a two seven. I guess it's the sparkling water they add in, right? That's what they're able to manage. I assume that's how they're managing their costs. Is I think it must be cutting that to do. Yeah, that. it's that's nice smart. to be able to water something down and claim it as a health benefit. It's, we'll say two fifty so, for is a twelve pack. So singles is probably two ninety nine. I'm guessing. Yeah, in that range. Yeah, yeah it's a good price. It's yeah. in line with like, like a, the Goyaki sparkling drinks are in that range, right? Yeah, that's right. I think they were two ninety nine in that range. So that's what I had in my mind. How's it taste yeah. though? How's that taste? It's pretty delicious. I um, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Kind cool. of uh, had this uh, like little kombucha tartness, but pretty light. And nudie so foods if, is amazing. If, I could not recommend that. Yeah, enough, but it's like my office snack. Just pour some hot water from the coffee machine into it. I got to try that. Yeah, always looking for for good noodley ramen type substitutes that are actually good for you. So if let's say Drew, if I'm one of these companies who's maybe new to selling on D 2 C or hasn't thought about pricing in a few years, how do you recommend I get started? Obviously calling you and getting you guys into help, but like what kind of what are the first steps in even thinking about pricing in a dynamic way? What do I need? Yeah, I think like number one is understanding what your goals are. People always ask, like, what's the perfect price for me? And and I tell them that's kind of a bad question. Like, what are you trying to achieve? Are you trying to get the most new mm-hmm. customers? Are you trying to use D2C as a secondary channel? Are you trying to just make as much profit as possible? I think there's like a level one, what are what are the goals I want to achieve? And pricing flows down from there. Second, I think having a good understanding of your costs is core to pricing. Like where are my cogs now? Where do I think those will be? Do I understand my shipping costs? Not because you're just gonna be adding a margin on top, but you need to understand that to grasp it. I think accessing your community of like fellow founders or people in similar roles, people are always down to talk about pricing, I find, because it is painful for everyone, but trading those war stories is super helpful. And then I think you just have to be open to trying stuff. Even if you're not using IntelliGems to split test, go set a price, change it the next week, see if you can tell a difference. 
change it the following week, see if you can tell a difference. And yes, maybe some people are going to complain. You can give them a code. You can turn that into a good experience. I think the way to think about it is if you're just getting started, these are zero, zero, one percent of any of the customers you're going to have. So there's actually never been a better time for you to dial in your pricing, because if you get it right, you then reap the benefits for the other 99.99% of your company's life cycle. So I would do those things if I, and that's your main channel, call us. We are definitely down to help. It's intelligems.io and you can set up a demo and I'll chat with you about stuff for 25 minutes. But yeah, those, those are the big ones. Like set your goals, understand your costs, engage your community, and then just be open, like have a bias to action. Just try stuff. I love that. Thanks for wrapping that up. I think the big one that stuck out for me there was the try things, experiment, see what works, see what doesn't work. And it sounds like IntelliGems is making that easy for a lot of D2C brands, which is awesome. I know when we've talked to some companies we work with, that always seems intimidating because we have no idea how to do that. We're like, yeah, it sounds mm-hmm. great. Let's try this price or do that or b- remove that skew. So it's very exciting to see that there are companies out there like Intelligems trying to make that as seamless and easy as possible. Drew, thank you so much for coming on the pod. We really appreciate the time. Love the discussion. Best of luck as you continue to grow your business and uh, help companies sell more profitably. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's a blast.